Hi there, this is Christina Gomez of Paradigm Shifts and the Debrief Media, and you're listening to Wayne and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. Welcome to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast, coming to you from the glacial dumping grounds known as the Michigan Basin. I'm Michelle. And I am Wayne. And we are a Michigan-based husband and wife educator and podcasting duo that after having a UFO sighting in March of 2018, have started to examine UFOs and other paranormal topics within Michigan and beyond. Topics include UFOs, the paranormal, conspiracy theories, ghosts, alternative history and archaeology, cryptids, and all things strange and paranormal. So sit back, grab a drink, and come along with us on this journey down the paranormal rabbit hole. Hey everyone, Wayne here. Just wanted to let everybody know this is our very first ever bonus episode and we couldn't think of a better group of guys to have come on to go down these strange conversational rabbit holes other than Burton and Aaron from the Lost in the Dark podcast and also fellow Michiganders. Now, unfortunately, Aaron couldn't make it, so it was basically Burton from Lost in the Dark and then Michelle and I. And later on throughout, about halfway through the episode, uh, Michelle had to leave and go to bed because she had to get up the next morning to go and do her band mom thing. She is doing that right now, and this is why you're only hearing my voice currently. But these bonus episodes are going to be just regular conversations about paranormal, about UFOs, wherever the conversation takes us. Now, this is also going to be a swap cast. And what that means is, is that you can hear this episode on two different feeds. You can hear this on our Michigan UFO sightings and paranormal encounters podcast feed. And you can also hear it on the Lost in the Dark podcast feed. Both feeds will have this episode released for both audiences to be able to hear. We hope you enjoy this bonus episode and just realize that we decided to go down all kinds of rabbit holes and it may piss some of you off. It may leave you scratching your heads. It might have you nodding in agreement. It might have you shaking your head saying that these guys are crazy, which all could be true all at the same time. But anyways, we just want to say thank you. We enjoy doing this content for you. Every download helps. And we can't thank Burton and Aaron enough for wanting to do this and Burton for dealing with me and my craziness throughout the whole two hours, two and a half hours of this, where we speculate on all kinds of things. Yeah, we just try to have a good time. And we hope you enjoy the conversation. So get ready for the first ever Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast bonus episode and Swapcast featuring Burton from the Lost in the Dark podcast. This will be one wild ride. All right. So here we are in our very first official swap cast and yeah. we are 
going to be releasing this episode on two different feeds. That's why we're calling it a swap cast. We're going to be releasing it on our Michigan UFO sightings and paranormal encounters podcast feed. And then we've got Burton tonight from lost in the dark podcast. So Burton, welcome to the podcast. We're missing, we're missing Aaron. (laughs) Yeah. Aaron, who may be joining us in a little bit. Maybe see what happens. Good to be here though. Always good to be here and always good to get to talk to you guys again. Very excited for this one. Yeah, this is uh this is just kind of one of those random things we decided to do. So we're gonna release this as a bonus episode. What's been going on, man? Uh not not a whole lot. Honestly, not a whole lot. We get, we had a lot of uh podcasts this week, actually probably more than I've ever done in a week. Uh it's been crazy just trying to get a whole bunch of stuff together for uh just this, you know, haunted season, which is another perfect reason why it's perfect that I get to talk to you guys tonight. Right. And uh and yeah, yeah, that's not a whole lot. How about you guys? Well, first of all, I think we, I want to say, because I've been watching what's going on and stuff, mm-hmm. you're lying. You got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> first enough. of all, the other podcast you started, mm-hmm. What? and now correct me if I'm wrong, Dying With Me in Hell? It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's a playlist on our podcast main channel. Uh, but I am, we are planning on turning it into its own thing, uh, here in a little while. Yeah. This is the hot sauce stuff. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. All right. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people it, seem to enjoy those. It's cool. Well, you know, it's kind of like those reaction videos. I go mm-hmm. down those rabbit holes of, uh, you know, opera singer critiques, uh, you know, Black Sabbath or Ronnie yes. James Dio or whatever. Yeah. Next thing I know, I'm I'm on the next one and the mm-hmm. next one, the next one, because <laughs> it's interesting to hear these people that are classically trained in any type of uh, music other than like rock and roll, heavy metal, right? Those kind of things, and then they yeah. they come on and say that. So, but uh, what else? What else you got going on? Uh, lots of, like I said, just lots of podcasts this week with a whole bunch of different bands. Uh, we had, uh, kill the imposter on uh, reflection of flesh convalescence. I talked to last night, uh, and we got a few more coming up before then. Hopefully all these will be out next week. So hopefully next week is just packed. And then on top of that, Aaron and I are going to get together and do a, a Halloween special like we do every year. And this year actually is the first time I'll ever be going to a show on Halloween night. And it's down there uh, at the Diesel Lounge in Chesterfield. And uh, half the bands on it, like uh, 90% of the bands on it are bands that I've had on the podcast. And many I haven't gotten to see live or meet in person yet. So So who's uh, who's on that ticket? That uh, everybody on that one is Hate Unbound, band called Hate Unbound, Pestilent Age, Recorruptor, close friends of ours up here in Lansing. Uh, a band called uh, Reflection of Flesh, War, which is spelled W-O-R, um, a band from, I believe, Pennsylvania called The Breathing Process, and The Convalescence will also be on that one. And all those bands are in support of um, Michigan, uh Michigan band called Battlecross. Yeah, and Battlecross got pretty big there for a while. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. did. And I and I was a huge fan. They opened like almost every show I would ever go to at that point in time. And uh, and they haven't really done much in quite a few years. So I'm very excited to get to see them again. Yeah. Now, were they a Lansing band or West Side of the State band? Or 
I think they were I believe they're originally from the Flint area. At least the okay. singer. At least the singer. Because I saw him in his previous band before he was in Battlecross, uh, out at this tiny, tiny little place that's not even there anymore out there in Flint. So I think that's where they're from. Okay. Sure. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Should be a good time. Should be a good yeah, time. Absolutely. All right. So yes, it is getting close to the Halloween holiday. Yes. Well, the whole month is is that kind of a holiday. And you know, when mm-hmm. that first cold air comes in, you get that creepy feeling. The leaves start falling off the trees. Everything looks like it's dying and yeah, you know, creepy. So speaking to that, what new like horror movie or anything have you Ooh. seen recently? I have actually really been getting back into it in kind of a crazy way. Uh, there were just a handful of horror movies that I realized I'd never seen that I should probably see, like all the Rob Zombie movies and stuff. Oh, yes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I started going through all of them, and then it really kind of like reignited something in me, like a, a uh, you know, kind of a passion for that genre. And so I've really just been going nuts. And the best one that I've seen recently, one that really sticks out to me, because it I totally missed it on my radar when it came out, a movie called Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like an anthology style horror film, which I love. And I like Aaron and I went to a whole bunch of Halloween stores here in town. Every single one had like a big section that was just for stuff from this movie and we're like i was like have you seen this he's like no i was like why is this why does this have all this stuff here in all these halloween stores and so we ended up deciding to watch it and yeah it really impressed me a lot i couldn't believe after seeing it i couldn't believe there aren't like five more of them already like it's just this only one but it's fantastic if you haven't seen that one i highly recommend it i've seen i've seen a few of those types of movies i'm not a big fan of the jump scare type of movies i'm more into like the psychological okay kind of horror movies like my favorite that always stands out to me is the movie seven. Oh, i love Seven. right but you don't really you know something's going on but you really don't know and it's like that big reveal and mm-hmm. you know what happens at the end there no mm-hmm. spoilers, even though it's really old, but what a great in the movie. box. Yeah. <laughs> Don't open the box. <laughs> See, and I'm still like a classic fan of like the exorcist. Okay. Well, that's more of a psychological. I mean, there's yeah. some, there's some jump scare stuff in there, but like uh, the seventh sign uh, with was a Demi Moore. That there's was a that good one. one. The insidious movies. I yeah. like the insidious mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, so I like the ones that have a little bit more of a story to them than just like the gore, yeah, kind of a thing. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm definitely with you on that. Uh, have you ever heard or seen a movie called The Jacket starring Adrian Brody? No, I I have heard of it. I haven't seen it. I highly highly recommend. If that's the if you like Seven, not to say that they're like about the same things at all or anything like that, right? But it's that sort of feeling, that sort of psychological thing involved as well. And it's lots of twists. And uh, yeah, it was that's a great movie. If you like movies like that, that that one you should definitely check out. Yeah, that came out in 2005. Yeah. Yeah, it's been out for a while. Mm-hmm. One that I'm um, very interested in seeing is one called Midsommar. It's okay. from uh... it's recent. It's recent. It's 2019, but mm-hmm. there is it's 
by the director is Ari Aster. And that is a movie that is riddled. And this was kind of what I was going to ask you next. It's riddled with occult symbology. And when you watch those horror movies, do you ever pick out and, you know, look for those kind of things in those movies? And uh, do you ever notice them? Well, I would say placements of props and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say yes, but also a lot of, a lot of horror movies I think are that, that I've seen at least like have uh, some sort of, if it's a ghost movie, like an exorcism movie, there's always going to be a religious iconography around. And Mm -hmm. so that I've, I've definitely noticed, but, um, and sometimes they do it on purpose too. Uh, oh yeah yeah like if if you look at a certain scene like i know people won't be able to see like behind me but on the wall behind me is a is a large clock that's in the shape of a stopwatch you know they'll mm -hmm. do something like that in a movie and then they'll have it right at a certain time like 3 33 yeah you know or something like you know it'll be it'll be a little bit of like hints in there it's like subtle yes Yeah. yeah Yeah, we're actually going to be having a guy on in November, an author who has written books about occult symbology in cinema. So we're really excited for that. That's what he does. He goes through these movies and sees what the people in Hollywood, you know, kind of stick in there or really from other countries as well. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a big thing. So there's definitely and that's that is definitely. Yeah, it is something I keep an eye out for a lot, though, because. That's like with, uh, you know, it's kind of the same thing as heavy metal in some ways. Oh, where, well, heavy metal you know? don't try to hide it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like true. like when I was coming up in, in, in the metal scene when I was a teenager, it was Merciful Fate into oh, King yeah. Diamond. And it was just oh. like, you know, it was just blatantly out there that, mm-hmm. you know, here's all this symbology and, you know, he's his his microphone is a set of bones, you know, shaped in a cross and yeah, you know, the upside down crosses on the stage and Mm -hmm. on his head and all this kind of stuff, (laughs) Literally painted onto his face. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, And then you had bands like deicide, you know, Glenn Benton who took a cross and branded himself right between the eyes with, you know, upside down cross, you know, and, you know metal that's one thing you can say about metal you'll always know where they stand <laughs> yep absolutely no question of that uh but yeah that's it's an interesting question though i i, I i'm going to start keeping more of an eye out now as i continue to watch all these movies <laughs> it's kind of like one of those things where it's like uh you don't notice everybody else is driving a jeep until you buy a jeep yeah. kind of a thing Yep. You know, or a certain type of car. It's like, yep. man, every other vehicle I since I bought my Jeep Renegade, man, I pass a lot of Jeeps now. You yeah. know, what what's the deal with that? So 90% of the time he gets the wave back. 90%. The only people that don't wave in the Jeep I've found are are women. <laughs> so women out there if Please. you drive a jeep if you if somebody <laughs> waves to you it's the wrangler wave too busy you know? to wave <laughs> don't don't think you're you know having some creepy guy flirting with you in another jeep that's just what we do <laughs> so what what's the saying some people get the way some people get it some people don't 
right? <laughs> when they talk about the wave. That's funny. I've never owned a Jeep. But so I, I would Well, when you that. own it when you when you eventually you will own a Jeep, I'm sure, <laughs> and and it'll be the last vehicle you'll ever want to own cuz they're just amazing. But you'll start noticing people giving you the wave. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, it's that sp- so it's like a W. Yeah. It's a okay. W. Yeah, it's right. So I like to drive the Jeep just to do the wave because, you know, I drive an escape. So, I mean, what would I do this? <laughs> yeah. See if, I, see if I can get anybody else who drives an escape to give me uh, an E. Right. Well, you, you do that in the wrong neighborhood. And you might get shot. Yeah. Yeah. So, that might not be the best one. You're not driving the escape anymore. <laughs> well, I just, I just, you know, look at my my wife's poor vehicle and i go well they named it correctly because that's what everybody wants to do once you get inside of it oh my gosh i just (laughs) i just got my car back it is okay it's a 2020 so that right there has already jinxed it um but your car has the coof it my, my car had the coof so so far it's been at the dealership not once but twice in the last month god so i had either a rental car or a loaner from the dealership they even replaced all of my fuel injectors and the fuel rail wow and it has 16 16, miles so if this tells you the precursor and like the foreshadowing of what my future of this car is going to (laughs) be thank god i bought the extended warranty well yeah there you go you know and not to go down the rabbit hole of talking about vehicles because i by no means am i am no kind of a expert on vehicles at all however when they put a three-cylinder into an suv and then they turbocharge it you can't expect anything else but problems to start happening from you know these these poor engines that have been over engineered to deliver a certain horsepower yet a I don't know, a uh, fuel efficiency rating yes. or whatever. Yes. So yeah. I don't know. Well, but, I've got it back and the wrench light isn't coming on. So yeah. that's half the battle. That is half the battle. All right. What did you want to talk about tonight, man? We're getting, uh, we're getting all over the place. <laughs> it is a bonus episode. So, you know, people expect anything at this yeah. point. Oh, yeah. But we, that, I mean, honestly, I'm glad you asked me about horror movies because I was going to ask you about that as well. Uh, but one thing off the top uh that something that we've both uh that i've been i know i've been looking into quite a bit ever since i heard about it on your show uh this michigan triangle thing yeah what do do you make of that (laughs) because it seems to be a a whole lot of um a whole lot of occurrences and over a long period of time yeah and you know it really from what i've quickly looked into there seems to be a lot of things involved in it from yeah. aircraft disappearances to shipwrecks and ship disappearances. And now what's interesting is this uh, discovery of a, what are they calling it? The the North American Stonehenge yeah. un- underwater. So mm-hmm. um, somewhere located in, in Lake Michigan, they haven't really said where which you know you don't want people going out there and stuff but under the water is what they're saying is a circular stone structure 
at the bottom of a shallow point of Lake Michigan, and it's arranged very much similar to Stonehenge. Yes. Now, the one thing it doesn't have that, as far as I can tell, that it doesn't have is the, what are they, the lintel stones, the stones that sit on top of the two. Okay. Right. It's just, they're just standing stones where when you look at the rest of that area of Lake Michigan, you look at the bottom of the lake, it's smooth, it's sandy. There's no other rocks there, but there appears to be this man-made rock path with boulders that lead underwater to this circular structure. And it's the only one ever found inside the lake like this, at least right now. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because then divers have said that if you look at one of the stones, you can kind of make out a image of a mastodon. Now, okay. I don't know for sure about that because mm-hmm. that can be a very what do I want to say? A confirmation bias mm-hmm. and a and a, a, a case of pareidolia. Yeah, a pareidolia yeah. case where now that they say that you see it's like once you see something you can't unsee it mm-hmm. so you know you have the guy on the on the video from uh, one of those shows that went out there with the college professor and the divers that discovered this thing and he does the tracing of the rock mm-hmm. and you know now that you show me your lines on there Mm-hmm. I can't unsee it to give it a really good, you know, objective look and see, is that really a carving? Right. And so I don't know if they've gotten to the point where they've gone down and actually done LIDAR or scanned the rocks and somehow underwater to get a good 3D model of it. I haven't, you know, looked into it that much, but yeah, it's, it resembles Stonehenge. It's under the water in Lake Michigan. And it's in a very shallow segment of it. And I find that extremely interesting, Yeah. along with all the other things that have gone on with the sinkings and the disappearance of aircraft. And I think uh, this one article I was reading here says that the first abnormal incident happened around 1679. Yeah. So, and I believe, uh, what do they say here? It was a trading vessel or something along those lines. One of the one of the largest sailing vessels of its time set out on its maiden voyage in 1679 to find a northwest passage to China and Japan. All went well until the ship reached the Michigan Triangle and never came back. <laughs> so, <God>. yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. It's it's very strange. I think that. Uh... It's kind of interesting that it's really kind of, maybe it is because of the discovery of that Stonehenge thing, but it's interesting that this seems to be more being more talked about now than I've ever really heard anybody talk about it before. And that the structure underwater there, it's definitely in like, it's like concentric circles almost. It's, but even though I don't think they are at like the actual things are in circles, if you were to draw lines around them, it would look like an above the head shot of Stonehenge. Yeah. A lot of ways. And that's yep. very, yeah, I don't know how to explain that one. Yeah, I don't know. And, and could it be the, the location of these things that they call ley lines or, mm-hmm. you know, a place where energy flows or, you know, I, I, again, it's one of those things where 
a lot of the times those rocks were like equinoctial markers where they marked where the sun came up and would set on the equinox and then on the summer solstices and the winter solstice so that they would know time they would know their place in time and uh you know i don't know if any of those rocks have been matched up with any type of cardinal points or the setting and in the rising and the setting sun or anything along those lines so it'd be interesting to see how much further they've gone with things but yeah it says here that the triangle goes from Ludington to Benton Harbor. Mm-hmm. Is that what you found? Yeah. And then Benton Harbor to Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then back to Ludington. So. Which is most of the middle of the lake. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, it's, it's a big lake. Mm -hmm. You can have all kinds of interesting weather patterns and stuff that happen. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So what do you, what do you got on this Michigan triangle thing? I, yeah, I want to, I want more. Well, in terms of the actual triangle, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure if there is something paranormal going on here or if it's like, like we said, it's, it's at lake michigan's like the second largest lake on earth right something like that uh i believe it is like the third okay but so, it, i mean what difference does it make right yeah. you know it's one, that large <laughs> one of the largest lakes on earth and then yeah. you you section off a giant middle chunk of it odds are there's going to be a lot of weird stuff that's happened there over the years you know what whether it's paranormal or not i'm not sure I really want to know where this Stonehenge thing is exactly located, if it's in that. And I want to know a lot more about that. I want people to do like studies, like you said, LIDAR, uh, to see if that is in fact something that's man-made because that would, uh, you know, alternative history. That would, I feel like that would really be a big piece of evidence in that category. Yeah. That if you can get some kind of a date, on those on that structure mm-hmm. you know guesstimate it then again you're talking about people that weren't giving given very much uh you know credit for anything other than being you know wearing their butt flaps and going right. around killing animals and gathering right. you know loincloths and atlatls and slingshots and you know, killing animals and, you know, we didn't do much of anything else. And it's like, okay, stop dumbing us down people. I think <laughs> we were a little bit more advanced than you want to know. Yeah. But yeah, it, it would be interesting to see when this thing, if we could get some legitimate dating done, because, you know, also remember that, you know, we had a huge, uh, a huge amount of ice on top of you know exactly northern part of north america here mm-hmm. and that covered you know michigan and lake michigan i mean i think down here we were considered under about uh two miles of ice somewhere like in there yeah yeah so you know nothing could have happened before the ice age um until it you know receded in in whatever caused the ending of that last ice age so quickly um 
it's interesting because the lake for those rocks to be assembled, the lake would have had to have been very shallow at the yes. time. Yes. So it'd be interesting to see where they place that. Yeah. That's what's, yeah. That's what is just interesting to me about it for sure. Yeah. Um, next up, I do have another, uh, one little, like in Michigan related, uh, you know, where we are by the time, this comes out, we're just a few days away from Halloween and, and Devil's Night and all that stuff. Did you guys, do you know the history of Devil's Night at all? I want to, man, I want to say it had something to do with some fires or something that happened. But, and then, you know, Devil's Night then became the, well, maybe that's more local. right? It, well, and, well, that's the thing is it kind of started in Detroit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of started there and, you know, progressively got worse and worse. But a lot in most places outside of Michigan, you bring up Devil's Night. and They don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Which I always found pretty interesting. I just I wondered if it, you know, had something to do with uh, rioting and and things back in the day. Something at some point. Yeah. Had something to do with that. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what. Um, Yeah. Uh, I I remember as a kid, you know, it was going out and egging cars and putting toilet paper and trees and nobody ever knew, you know, especially the kids, why you, why you did that stuff. It was just something to go do, you know, it was, it started to be linked to the arsons in Detroit in the late sixties. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And the, the night of mischief. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's when they started burning down like abandoned houses and yeah, things like I think, that. Yeah, yeah, just running around like little Lokis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the tricksters are out and about. <laughs> yeah, you, so that that that's interesting. Yeah. Do you guys? Um, one thing I haven't heard you talk much about on the show yet is your stance on cryptids. What, where, where do you, where do you guys stand on the cryptid thing? That's a good question. I guess it depends on the cryptid. <laughs> I know that we've got a guest coming up. Right. We talking do. Talking about cryptids. Yep. He's a, he's a Bigfoot guy. He hunts nice. Bigfoot. Okay. And I, and I say hunt. I don't even know if right. that's the proper terminology. I'd say I think. <laughs> from all of the stuff that we've gathered so far since like our sighting and people we've talked to, I think these things are, are somehow linked. I think so. I I'm, I'm thinking, okay. and, and I'm just speculating. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going off of just what's been going around in my head from people we've talked to. And I think that whatever these entities are, what whatever they have a way of i want to say like the skinwalker okay they're they they have a way of appearing to us as one thing you know that we observe them as Mm -hmm. and so if we see some type of a large entity in the woods our brain like that mastodon on that rock is going to try to make a some kind of a recognizable pattern out of it and Mm -hmm. go, Oh, that's a big, hairy, you know, Bigfoot running, you know, that's a Sasquatch or whatever. And then it disappears. If you see a, some type of a craft and you don't know what that is, 
your mind's going to give it a shape. And if you see something in it, your mind will probably think little aliens with big eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cryptids, considering that, like, if you look at the United States alone, only about 80 some percent, 85 percent of the United States is settled. Mm-hmm. The rest is open area, open yep. land, forest, everything else. Could there be some type of a ape running around? Absolutely. Could there be a different species of an animal or even a chupacabra or something like that? Yeah, I think there could be. Um, and, and when people say, you know, we, well, wouldn't we find a body or anything? Well, not necessarily. If you left your car sitting out untreated out in the wilderness somewhere within about 200 years, you wouldn't recognize what it was. Maybe some of the plastic and stuff would be left, Mm -hmm. but the metal and anything metal in it would pretty much be gone. Any kind of cloth material or leather would probably be gone. The animals and fungus would decompose it, you know, um, what was it that the lady that we ran into that parking lot that she was oh hell bent good on Lord. stating that she saw out in like a giant California. Yeah. Giants. So tell, tell this story. We got to hear this but before we, that was before we even had our sighting. Wasn't it? Uh, I, think it I you know what? I just remember that she saw the Lake Tahoe shirts on yeah. us and it was like, so, oh, I got to talk to them. We got married in Lake Tahoe. Oh, cool. And, and we came, you know, and we live in Michigan, but we vacation out there and we like that area. And it's really very, very cool. You know, from a geologic standpoint, I'm just, you know, ooh and an on over the mountains and everything. Yeah. And uh, um, we're in a parking lot of the local Kroger, you know, grocery store trying to get groceries and hear this woman's voice says something to the kin of do you like it out there do you like it in tahoe and i'm looking around and i see this woman older lady come walking up and she kind of has the 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 west coast hippie vibe okay you know she's wearing some crystals and stuff don't know who she is or anything and she proceeds to tell me and michelle about how she swears up and down that there are giants living in those mountains and they hide their caves with rocks and foliage and all of this stuff. And they have red hair and red beards and they're, they're large humanoid giants. And she was adamant about it. She was just talking and talking and talk. I've never heard anything like this at all. And I was just like, wow, I guess I'm not wearing a Lake Tahoe shirt around here anymore because <laughs> man, the, the West coast wackies follow us back to Michigan. <laughs> but you know, and again, that's one of those things where it's like, what, what are you talking about? And then you start looking into things and then you find yep. out that there are, you know, reports back Lots. in history Mm-hmm. Of them finding very large humanoid bones in North America, mm-hmm. which is extremely interesting. But then you go, why are they holding this information back? And why do you have to be a kook or a conspiracy theorist to want to look into these things? And, and why are they burying this information? You right. Know, what, 
you know, that would be fascinating. I think people would, would love knowing the fact that there were some type of a, a large humanoid that walked around, mm-hmm. you know, on, in North America. I mean, you know, but in, in the red hair and the, she said they, they have red hair and beards, red beards. That's a very common element in a lot of giant sightings. Well, and you know, it was interesting when we had on Brian Forrester mm-hmm. and he was talking about the elongated skulls and they yes. were doing those genetic testing and stuff. They had red, red hair. hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, that was one of the things that he said that the, in Peru, huh. that those, the, the elongated skull people, and I can't remember what the, the tribe or the, the race was called or whatever. Right. But um yeah that they that they had red hair and everybody else there had the more indigenous dark brown or black hair that's really weird yeah and the ones that had red hair were the ones that you could tell that their their skull was not forcibly shaped like they do skull shaping it was a natural a natural genetic condition condition yeah Mm -hmm. that their skulls were, were just formed that way. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, that, that, that's that link to a red hair and then the red hair and the giants it's, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard it or not, but there is one really interesting story. Uh, I forget where I heard it now, but I think it was on a YouTube channel or something about, about a giant encounter in the middle East. And what's interesting about this particular event is that it's uh, it was uh, military that had the encounter and they there's there there's an actual military official report uh, because uh, the giant apparently killed a few of them. And they're they're like, yeah, they they were like they went up into the mountains. I I know it was in the Middle East. I want to say Afghanistan. And they went up in the mountains to do something. And they find this cave and a giant redheaded humanoid walks out. And I think it, somebody, somebody started fighting and uh, the giant ended up taking, I think one or two people ended up killing one or two people. And then they killed it. Uh, But yeah, the fact that it's actually an official document, you know, really kind of, and these are like military guys. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think, why would they want to? You, you know, you make something like this up, and they find out you made it up, you can get in a lot of trouble, I would imagine. So I don't know why they would want to. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never I've never heard of that story before. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, wild. That's that is a wild one for sure. So so you, you think it's uh, yeah, I think it's possible. I, th- I definitely believe in I want to believe in cryptids. I want to get ev- the evidence that means they're 100 percent there did you know this year has more sightings than ever i think in one year of the loch ness monster you know somebody had mentioned that before to me and that i find that very interesting as well <laughs> lots like, of sightings this year really? it's crazy. I wonder if it's just because there's more tourists going this year because everybody's been locked down yeah you know maybe. and now so everybody's going and seeing something and they're reporting it as loch ness i don't know a, a recent one that was interesting was actually taken from above by a drone, and it admittedly could definitely be a case of pareidolia, 
but uh, it does look like something that shape moving around down there under well, the surface of the water. You know, look at look at the old uh, myth or wives tales of the sailors way back when in the 1600s of, you know, the Kraken. Yeah. Right now. And, and these these giant squids that would attack ships and, uh-huh. you know, modern day people are like, oh, you're full of crap, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, eventually. Things start washing up. Yeah. I don't think that's a myth at all. I think that actually happened. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think those giant squids. Yeah. When they get hungry, mm-hmm. they live deep in the ocean. So deep. And and they know, I think uh, the scientific name is Architeuthis. Yes. And uh, we only yeah. have a couple, couple cases. There's like one or two really good footage of them underwater alive. But right. Even a lot of people even say that the ones you see in there, they can get way bigger. We found evidence that of, uh, you know, we found dead sperm whales washed yep. up that looked like they had been attacked by a giant squid. Absolutely. Never seen that big. Well, they've also they also found like non-digested beaks inside the stomachs of these sperm whales Whoa. because the sperm whales will eat them. And, and there's more evidence on the outside of the sperm whale when they've been in a fight. And not only did they eat them, but they're all clawed up and you'll yeah. see the suction mark, you know, the suction yep. cup marks on their bodies from, you know, do, dealing with these things. And so, you know. There's a perfect example. Now we still we still haven't really been able to find one and track it and mm-hmm. know its habitat and what it does. And this thing is huge. These yeah. things grow to be ridiculous lengths that the beaks, you know, would snap a human in half without mm-hmm. without a problem at all. You know, so the ocean, you know, is huge all the land around us, we've got all kinds of land that people are not living in and observing all the time, like in a city. So -hmm. you got to remove your mindset from your environment now and think about being out there in the middle of the woods, you know, with nobody around, no light pollution, no 5g, 3g, (laughs) no microwaves going through the air, nothing. There's nothing there. And then tell me what's what's out there. Right. And most people will probably crap themselves and leave the area the next morning. You right. Know, with right. all I the mean, strange noises that they hear, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, you know, like you said earlier, why one thing a lot of people say is why have they never found a body. And I'm like, I like, for me personally, I grew up in the Boy Scouts. And so I spent a lot of time out camping and in the woods. I never saw a whole bunch of dead animal, a bear or a right. deer. You see exactly. it as a roadkill. But if you go out in the woods, you don't see any fucking dead animals anywhere. No, no, absolutely not. No, absolutely. There's that. And then to your point that you were just making one kind of piece of perspective that I got once from a show, some TV show or something. I can't remember. uh, They 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 did a little graphic and it was that if you took every physical human body on Earth, wouldn't even fill the Grand Canyon. Correct. So yeah, you, people can't tell me that they know for sure that we've explored every square inch of this place. Like it's just it, that doesn't make sense to me. How do I want to put this? I because I want to make sure I get my numbers correct, and I know I'm not going to be exact. <laughs> but if you take every human on this planet, all six billion, seven billion of us, 
we could easily all fit in Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. With lots of room to spare. Yeah. I mean, people, because of technology and cell phones and the internet and all this stuff, the world has shrank from a technological standpoint and knowing everybody's business at a split second and all that stuff. However, the planet is still a huge planet. Yeah. And there's lots of unexplored areas and unsettled areas. Yeah. Things that are are out there that we don't even know about. But yeah, your your example is perfect. Tell go out in the woods and go camping and tell me how many dead bear you find while you're living in a natural black bear habitat. You yeah. won't. No, no, There's even even squirrel. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dead dead rabbit, a dead yeah. squirrel. You know, never found it. Because things are are scavenging and decomposing and eating yep. and you know, so the fact that we haven't found the body of a of a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch or something along those lines, uh, that doesn't surprise me. You know, no. can can you say with without a living or a dead specimen to look at that they're a hundred percent there? No, but I think the possibility. Let me put it this way. I think the probability is probably pretty good that there's <laughs> stuff living out there that we don't know. Yeah. So I've seen there's there's been some recent re- in more recent years. Did you ever hear of a show called um, Destination Truth? With uh, Josh Gates? Yes. Yes. Because Expedition Unknown now, I believe. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when he when he was still doing Destination Truth, they went in. I think it was a special or something, a one off special. Where they went to somewhere cold, like Serbia. I think I'm wrong about that, but somewhere Siberia? side maybe in Russia. Somewhere, mm, see, I feel like that's what I'm. I feel like I'm wrong about that, but somewhere that's where out all the there gulags near, are really okay. Yeah, they send you. You know, you're, you're gonna go to prison in in Russia, and they don't want to ever see you again. You go to Siberia. <laughs> I think I think it might have been somewhere in China, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But they uh, got, they found a, a set, a whole big long track of footprints just leading up through the snow into this like mountain, onto this mountaintop basically. And they went down, I think they had spotted it from the air. So they went down and checked it out. And it was a giant line of footprints. These things were massive. They looked crazy. They, they like, it looked like they had like uh, normal feet, but like kind of like claws for toenails. And that was on, the news like that that we got so like that was so big that that hmm. he actually made it on the news for that for that discovery and then you know it's hard to say for in terms of youtube videos and stuff but right. i did i did see one recently and normally i can sit there and go that ah, fake that ah, fake right. i'll sit there and debunk them all day long but i found one that i swear if that thing is real if that video is real and it's 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 either a guy in a monkey suit or that's it and it was very, it was very impressive. It was like, it wasn't pixely. It was, it was a good tight shot. The guy wasn't shaking. It, it was, you see everything perfectly clearly. And it was just like this from, you see it from its back. And it was just kind of like, you just kind of see it from the torso up. And it looks like it's, it's digging into a tree, like, like a, uh, a large primate would do looking for bugs, you know? Okay. And the guy's filming it and you can see its arms like reaching in and breaking branches and stuff. It's giant and it has full arms, not like bears. Uh, and then it stands up 
and you see how huge it is for a second. And then the guy takes off running, which I probably would have too. Yeah. But it was very impressive. Very unless unless they if it's fake, they did a great job. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, in in speaking of of that and the footprints, you know, a lot of reports happen where they'll see one or two or maybe a set of three or four footprints and then they right. just disappear. Right. Which then puts me more into that different realm of, you know, is this again, you know, when you're thinking about like a, an entity of some kind that Mm -hmm. will appear to you one way. And if you go after it, it can then just go, I don't know, dimension hopping or I, I mean, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I don't, you know, I don't know, but that's where I was saying, you know, where I think a lot of this stuff is related. And I also think that maybe the power of our own minds can uh, create these things as well. Manifest. Yeah. You know, the manifesting of it and uh, of these things. So like some people can apparently, you know, call on these, you know, UFOs to visit them or UAPs, whatever. And I know there's some people out there taking video and pictures all the time because they, they know how to call them in. I I don't know, but there's how legit that is or whatever, but. I mean, eh, I mean, they're, they're, they, I don't know. I don't know what calling that calling them in. That's interesting. Because I think you, they, there's a protocol, right? This is like that Stephen Greer stuff, CE5, or oh, I haven't okay. dug into it a lot, you know, with, with me and Michelle being teachers and mm-hmm. and uh, busy as can be and yeah. starting to do this. We're, you know, our whole podcast is really just, you know, taking people on this ridiculous journey that we're on to try to find some kind of answers, Yeah, you know, from, from two teachers point of view one who's english mythology teacher and one who is a science teacher right you know so she's got a litter you know the literary background and i have the science background and and you know we're we're getting inundated with so much information it's uh i i didn't even know how much of this stuff was even out there yeah you know the giant thing you know in my mind i'm like oh you found some bones they could be mastodon bones but they're scattered all over the place they're fossils you know you find a a a part of a a mastodon skull and where the nose you know the the trunk was if you look at one of those skulls it looks like it's a cyclops eye yeah right like there's a there's an eye right in the center of that skull. Well, no, that's where the trunk was. Right. But yeah. <clears throat> so same thing with like dragons and things like that. These, you know, ancient people finding dinosaur fossils, you know, they pareidolia. Yeah. They, they're going to, they're going to tell you what they think that thing is and whatever cultural references or religious references or whatever they have in their mind at the time. Mm-hmm. will fill that gap for them so they can make sense of it. Right. So, I don't know. 
<laughs> I, I, I do. I, I'm ending up, and Michelle is too. We're ending up with so many more questions than you know, finding any kind of answers. It's now just kind of interesting just to talk to all of these guests that we have on the show, mm-hmm. and get their perspective. And, you know, I'm starting to wonder if this is kind of like one of those religious faith things that are we ever going to really be able to objectively measure and find some of this stuff? And, you know, right now, I don't know. I don't know. That's a very good question. Yeah. Uh, I hope so. So do I, I especially so. from the UFO UAP thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, according to Lou Elizondo and, you know, the UF UAP report released to Congress in June, and now they're, they're going to be pursuing that even more, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're interested in it because they actually have, instead of the anecdotal evidence, they at least have some type of sensor data evidence. Yeah. Yeah that they can look into. And that's interesting because yes, now you can measure it, mm-hmm. right? At least you got something that you're measuring. We don't know what these things are, but we see fleets of them on radar now that we were told by like David Fravor and yep. You know, the, the those Tic Tac videos. If you listen to the one really close, you hear the one guy <laughs> say, my God, there's a, there's a fleet of them. Yeah. Talking about their radars coming in contact with all of these different objects that just fell from 80,000 feet down to 20 feet above the ocean. Mm -hmm. And they're in in their flight path in a second. Right. And then they disappear. Well, now we've got the videos and the the radar tracks. and, And I think Lou Elizondo has come out and said that they go they're they're trans medium they go from outer space to our atmosphere and then into the ocean with no problems at all that's that's insane should right. be completely we, impossible we right that breaks all the laws of physics that we know mm-hmm. so who's controlling these even our drones can't do that we don't nope. have drones that can do that so you know you could rule out some things oh yeah those are drones flying around those are you know those are uh, drones uh, coming from outer space or whatever the case may be, but show me a drone that goes from outer space to the atmosphere and can function at the same speed, do 90 degree angle turns, and then go into the water and do a couple hundred miles an hour and disappear. And do all that with the, no sound, n- no sound and no sign of any sort of propulsion. At nope. All. Nope. No. Nothing. No external, uh, no external wings, no, you know, articulation of flaps or ailerons or a rudder or anything. It just, you know, they just go and do what, whatever they want to do. And I heard Lou Elizondo recently on theories of everything podcast talking about a couple things that, that really made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. The one thing was, is that they're pretty confident that these things are under some type of intelligent control Mm -hmm. because they will play with the fighter jets, right? They played with David Fravers fighter jets and, and will counter their uh, maneuvers. They will show up, you know, uh, 20 miles away in their flight path because they already know that's where they're going kind of a thing. Yeah. So there's some type of a, 
a knowledge that's going on. And the other thing he said, which, you know, he kind of kept it on the, on the down low, but he, he did say it was that there is some pretty good, compelling photographic evidence of occupants. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. That, that was just the other day when I, when I saw him talking to uh Kurt, I think it's Jay Mungle, Jay Mundle, something like that. He, he has the podcast theories of everything. Nice. And uh, he's a, he's a theoretical physicist and, you know, he dabbles a little bit into the UFO UAP thing and it's, you know, it's kind of blowing his mind a little bit because where he's used to dealing with an objective world and, and all of this stuff and his theories of everything kind of thing. Now you, he's sticking his toe into this realm of the UAPs and UFOs and he doesn't, you know, he's, he's all over the place with it. And then you have like Lou Elizondo coming on and saying, yeah, we've got some evidence that there's probably some type of occupant in there. And okay. Who are these occupants, man? Or what? Or what? Yeah, there you go. Or because, what? Cause as now, it was Lou referring to the tick? T- there seemed to be occupants in the Tic Tac. I, you know, I'm not sure if he was that specific. Okay, he just said that there, and I, and I don't want to misquote him, okay. but I'm paraphrasing that there is some good evidence, photographic evidence or video evidence of occupants in some of these UAPs. Okay. I think that's pretty much basically somebody somehow got some kind of video or whatever of some kind of occupants inside of a UAP, which they deem as a credible piece of evidence Mm -hmm. that it's a UAP, some type of unknown aerial phenomena. Yeah. Now, what what in the world? You know. It going see that's why I asked if it was the Tic Tac because like we were just saying if if there are occupants in there according to what we know it did that breaks every law of physics yeah it would also break every bone in a body yeah you'd be splattered against the the wall of the inside of that thing you'd be pink mist yeah that's all you'd be and so it that makes me wonder if if what if those things i i i've been leaning more lately that uh, I think a lot of these things might be either controlled by us or extraterrestrials. But if there's anything inside of them, it's probably a robot of some kind or some kind of drone thing. Because that's what we would do as humans. We send. We do it uh, now. Yeah, we got the rover on Mars. So why Two we send robots? Yeah. Yeah. So why wouldn't they send a robot to check it out? You know, to make sure they get, it's safe or whatever. You know, I yeah. That's kind of yeah. where I'm at on stuff like that. I think a lot of it is like a feeder fish you know they're just sending it out there to see what comes back yeah there there's you know there is theories out there that the grays are actually some type of a robot cyborg or a robot or something that that are drones that are here collecting information or observing us and reporting back to you know whoever Mm -hmm. Uh, like i said and, and, you know, that's one of the questions I wanted to ask Lou Elizondo was how many of these UAPs, how many of, 
how many different types are there? We know about the Tic Tac. Everybody talks about the Tic Tac. Which, right. for the record, is the first that the release of that video is the first time I've ever heard anyone refer to a UFO of that sort of shape. You usually hear cigar, right? I've heard a lot of cigar for like shapes, larger ones, right? Tri- triangles, of course, uh, and no diamonds. mention. And see, and there, and that thing that that gets to me a little bit because there's no mention of the type. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when when you heard on our show, you know, guy. And then we had um, Terry Lovelace on Mm -hmm. describing their triangle experiences, which were not positive at all. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we're interested in that because that's what our experience with our sighting was, is, you know, but what are, what are these Tic Tac things? And, and, you know, you had the, the Phoenix light scenario with a huge triangle huge that was cited by thousands of people in phoenix arizona you know yeah and so now what was it the uss kid i think it was a destroyer okay that released the video of the the what they're calling the pyramids they look like three-dimensional pyramids (laughs) flying and 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 stay in pace with destroyers and not even worried about these you know high tech anti ship destroyers you know some of the highest tech weaponry we have and they're just kind of going about their business you know so I, uh I can't remember where it was but I know maybe it was Wright Patterson I know there was there was a there was an Air Force base that had nuclear missiles uh and a UFO flew over it and shut the whole place down. Like shut off their ability to fire those nukes. There was, there's been Something many like reports of that. There's the, yeah. I think it was Bentwaters in the UK. That might be what I'm thinking of. And they actually like had an encounter where like one of those craft landed on the outside of the base and the, the, the air force guys went and drew it out. You know, it was some type of a, smaller triangular craft sitting on the ground. One guy touched it, said there were some kind of weird hieroglyph type. Yes. Yep. On it. I yeah. think I remember this. Yeah. And then it, it kind of went up and disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very bizarre. Very bizarre. Yeah. I just wish, uh, man, I just wish that there was a way that it could make, uh, Set like it just—it's hard to wrap your head around why they would even be here. You know, like our our radio signal only goes out so far. Uh, for them to even be able to know that life is here at all, uh, is a long shot already. But I don't know. I don't know. Unless More, they've been here for a very long time. That too. That's a really good point too, actually. Uh, but the more stuff that keeps coming out, the more I see. I'm like, man, I don't think that's us. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. And and honestly, I would hope that the government, when they say they, they've said that it's not ours. And, and if they're using yeah. Lou as a as a mouthpiece to get that out there to say, you know, hey, just let people know, don't freak out. But it's not ours. Right. I would think that the government would say, yeah, you know what? Don't freak out because it. It is ours. 
Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, start putting like China and Russia on, on notice. Hey, look at the things we got. Yeah. But it doesn't seem that way. And no. they're, they're confident that it's not Russia. It's not China. And they're saying it's not us. So yeah. that is, that is one. Yeah. That is one major thing that they're saying. So, uh, I mean, I guess you could take that either way. I mean, yeah. Right. You could take it as don't freak out. Don't freak out. But it's it, not us or don't freak out. It is us. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it is it is tough, though. Like what if it is us because they kind of have a little bit of a track. Well, well, it just kind of depends, I guess. There's a lady. There's an author, a great author uh, named Annie Jacobson, I believe. And she got she got uh, the freedom. She used the Freedom of Information Act to get the government's official documents on what happened in Roswell. Now, the thing about the Freedom of Information Act is you have to know specifics. You can't just walk in and give me your stuff on aliens and you have to know like specific file numbers of this stuff. So she did the hard work to figure it out, got their documents and released a book about it. And basically um, it was what, what those documents basically say is that it was a Russian, it was a Russian spy plane. And during that point in time, things were not good with Russia and the United States. And people started running with the UFO thing. And the government said, better to let them think that than to let them know that a Russian plane infiltrated our airspace that far. We didn't know about it. And the only reason why we probably do know about it now is because it crashed. The government was more happy letting the people think it was just UFOs. Yeah. So, well, it's a, it's a matter of, it's truly a matter of national security. Yes. You know, when, when you have your airspace and, and not only just, you know, military flying around and and things like that, but you have civilian aircraft commercial. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, we did a, we did a story about a airliner that reported a, they were at like 35,000 feet or something like that. And they saw this white tic-tac shaped thing go right over the top of them. And, you know, they were thinking, Hey, this is probably a, a, a out of control cruise missile that, you know, came from white sands, New Mexico and got in the way. Not that would not be very good if it actually contacted that aircraft or something yeah. like that. But they're they're very close. They're very careful with those kind of things. And pilots have don't fly in these areas kind yeah. of a thing. They have very specific routes they have to fly just, you know, so they don't interfere with military. But White Sands was about 300 miles away from that that aircraft's flight path. Hmm. And they said, you know, in the UF, the, the FBI eventually came out and said yeah well we can tell you that it wasn't wasn't nothing from our bases okay you know so they 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 gave the nod that it was a uap by not saying that it's a uap the way they answered the question was well it wasn't from any base around where you were flying right (laughs) so (laughs) make of it what Hmm. you will so yeah. So I, I, but I almost wonder though, if this thing of them going, it's not ours and we don't think it's China or Russia. Is it another situation where because what they're working on is so top secret 
they'd rather let us think it's UFOs than what it actually is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it seems I, like they'd I be willing you. to lie about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you kind of look at the, uh, what was it? The F-117 stealth fighter. Yeah. That was in development in like the late seventies. Yeah. And the thing fly, the only way that aircraft flies is by very sophisticated computer programs that can keep the thing stable in the air because it's not an airframe. It's a flying, it is a triangle. Yeah. All right. That has very weird shapes to it. So it can either deflect or absorb radar so that it, it is stealthy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but when people were seeing that thing fly, they were like, that is a, that's a, that's a triangle. That's a flying triangle. It's also much quieter. And they kept it that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it is much quieter because they have special types of engines on it. So it doesn't give off the heat signatures to be tracked by heat sensors and, you know, seekers and missiles. And that you said it was in development in the seventies. Yeah. Like the late seventies, like 78, 79. So 10 years after we get to the moon. Yeah, so we're, imagine we're where that. we're at now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So again, anything, I'm not ruling out anything at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> and quite frankly, it could be both. It could be, if if that stuff is, if what the things that people are seeing in the sky is us, in big quotes there, who's who's to say it's not, um, uh, What's that word? Uh, uh, recovered crafts and, and they reverse engineer it. There we go. Reverse engineering. Yeah. Yeah. Like it could be both, you know, that's what, uh, that's what Wright Patterson was supposed to be. Yeah. Famously known for was that a lot of the pieces from Roswell ended up at Wright Pat mm-hmm. for that, that, you know, purpose. Now, what I find interesting is digging into some of the, Bob Lazar claims and things like that is that one of the one of the craft he says was uncovered in in taken to S4 in mm-hmm. area 51 mm-hmm. what you know take it take that for what it's worth you know you got people out there that believe him like a religious cult and you got other people that are just looking to debunk them but he says that one of those craft they told him was found during an archaeological dig. Yeah. Yeah. So his, his story is quite interesting. That thing that you said very earlier, interesting. The, the thing you said earlier about uh, calling them, calling them in or whatever, yeah. like mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's in a weird way. That's kind of part of his story too, because after he left working at that base, he would bring people to the outskirts of it and be like, every night there's a light show. And, yeah, because they were flying them. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and and that that the um element that he named a number of years ago that just got proven to be real, element yeah. one fifty one or something like that. Some, uh, one fifteen is it? No. Something. Yeah. Anyways, and, yeah, it's uh, a very unstable element. The Russians were able to create it for like a split second, just a it, second. Yeah. Yeah. But and, yeah, they did it. And that uh, he talked about um one of the other big things that sticks out to me is he talks about how there was like a, a hand scanner that yep. he, he put his hand on. They just finally got pictures of it. Like it was hundred percent real. And at that base, at that point in time. Yeah. When was uh, that supposed to have been happening in the eighties? 
something like that. Something, right? When he was yeah. out there, he wasn't out there something for very like long, but no, no, but that's uh, his, you know, yeah, it's it's tough because you, you, once you actually start to look into his story, there's a lot that's like, uh, it's never changed. His story's never changed after all these years. He's never made yep. a dime off of any of it. In fact, he's had his house raided and better ridiculed more than anything positive has ever come. That's at least that's what he'll tell you. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's, uh, but when you look into it, there's a lot, a lot, used to a lot of people just trying to debunk him. Well, the government tried to discredit him. They, by deleting files so that way nobody could find him, like about his school oh, records yeah. and stuff Yeah, and his time working for them, of course. So, well, I think the government has found out that their last 70 years of covering things up and lying and discrediting people and things like that. um, It's kind of a double edged sword, kind of backfiring. Yeah, because (laughs) you end up creating, you know, people that see something and they're they're adamant about what it is that they saw to a religious fervor and will believe it to the end and then you get the other people that are like no no and they try to debunk everything mm-hmm. and tow the government line and the government's been discredited i mean we're here in michigan we know <laughs> exactly how that goes yeah in the 60s yes right i mean j allen Hynek in the the swamp gas thing yep and it shut all conversation down right Mm -hmm. about those things Mm -hmm. in the 60s and uh and and we're still being visited today but their campaign was so good that even today even with the release of this report now michelle and i bring up two friends of ours and stuff that were doing this podcast and some of them, you know, one eyebrow pops up and, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, you're one of those people. Well, what do you mean? Wait a minute. What do you mean? We're one of those people. Yeah. We saw something. We had a very creepy, weird encounter with something really flying in there. Found experience. Yeah, it was, it was a hundred percent legit. If I would have seen it myself, I probably wouldn't have said anything because of the stigma right. that they've, you know, or Michelle, probably the same thing. I don't know. Michelle, would you have said anything about seeing that huge triangle if I wasn't with you? No, probably not. Because We're, even with the fact that yeah. you are with me, I'm still a little hesitant to say anything right. to anyone. Yeah. So, you know, the disinformation campaign and, and things has been so good that, you know, people will, will balk at it now, even to the fact that they've acknowledged that the tic tac and these uaps are real and there's still people out there going ah. uh, so okay so you know you kind of it's one of those things where you got to kind of choose a side and and i'm probably going to get well yelled and at it's for because that, but. if if somebody has not seen something to them it didn't exist well you know i haven't seen a million dollars all at once but i know it exists <laughs> right Right. Or, or how about this? I mean, here, here's a thought experiment for you. Prove to me that love exists. Right. How, how, how do you do that? You can't. Right. 
Yeah, I'm so giving you a look right now. I know. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking and and you know get in trouble. But Somebody's I mean, gonna be pulling literally, duty. <laughs> but literally, they, I mean, they've been they've been in the business of keeping things secret and discrediting people in this just in this realm alone for 70, 80 years. Yeah. And so now it's like a lot of people in, in, you know, the, the quote unquote, what I guess you used to call like podcasting and stuff, the, the old ham radio, the underground radio Mm -hmm. of, of yesteryear, you know, the independent media, I think is the name and, and, you know, that, that we get as podcasters and stuff. And, And boy, that's really pissing off the mainstream media because nobody wants to go listen to their regurgitated garbage anymore. Nope. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's why, that's why most mainstream media outlets have podcasts that right. (laughs) And they still suck because they they say the same, they say the same exact thing that they say on all the other channels. Exactly. They, these people are not reporters. They're reading, talking, they read to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're talking heads that read to you. They're not giving you or, or they give you the, the opinion of the station or, You know, whatever, whatever that means. Right. Right. So, you know, and that's how, you know, for years they've been playing the, the X-Files music in the background when people come on to talk about UFOs and, you know, all of this stuff. Oh, and you see the host, you know, looking at each other out the side of their eyes and, you know, kind of smirking. They make their little funny joke. Well, I hope we don't have any little green men show up today in the parking lot. (laughs) You know, Which, which is why, you know, thank God for people like George Knapp. Yeah, uh, right. That's that's what he did. He's an t- on-air TV reporter, and his station always took took it and him seriously. He broke the Bob Lazar case all those years ago, uh, yeah. you know, and that was on the news. He did that not on Coast to Coast AM. He did it on the news. On the news, yeah, you know. But see so. that the 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 media knows how to play to our minds in a certain way of of a certain way of tribalism and oh god it, yeah right and and humans want to want to pick something so in other words yeah. let's say you know politically if i'm a democrat yeah. and you're a republican i can't even talk to you even though some of the things you might have i might agree with but because you're under that umbrella right i can't listen to any of your ideas even though you might have a couple good ones and i might have a couple good ones for you right you won't listen to me because i'm on that wrong team which is you insane. know this it's insane it's not- that's right. Yeah, it's, it, it's tribalism. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think people are kind of uh, of hip to the 
the way that the media likes to play people now and everything that yeah is playing to the emotions and mm-hmm. this really you know kind of showed you too like how well in the pocket the media is for the government for discrediting people oh they, yeah i know things about oh yeah so call it a conspiracy if you want but i mean come on Heineck changed it's, his changed his views on yeah. the on the UFOs here in Michigan and saying, yeah, it was total garbage. We didn't even investigate it. Yeah, no, is is it? I don't with that kind of stuff specifically. Stuff that we now know years later for a fact, right? That what we were told was a lie. I don't. It's that's beyond conspiracy. That's just something that happened. You know what I mean? Like, and because it was so long ago, people that you know weren't involved in it just kind of shrug it off and go, "Well, yeah." Well, how long is it going to take? You know, for for people to find out? You know, how many years do we have to wait and find out about how bad this the coof really was? Yeah. You know, without saying the the actual name of the <laughs> the bug, but uh, you know. You know, is it going to be a special on 60 minutes for for 10 minutes long telling us, you know, in 20 years about, well, you know, they really shouldn't have done the jab thing and they should have done more testing. It really wasn't all that bad. If you do the math and figure out (laughs) how many people actually died that actually died from the coup, you know, (laughs) yada, yada, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it will. Absolutely. So. Uh that yeah yeah there's there's no there's no doubt of that for i mean sure. everybody should be freaking out right now because you have a 98.2 percent survival rate yeah just in case yeah. you get the coof well freak out freak out everybody really yeah let's go to concerts come on <laughs> don't go anywhere hoard the toilet paper hoard the water <laughs> because you got a 98.7 or 98.2% chance to survive. Yeah. Yeah. And and after, after having been in some of the crowds that I've been in, in the last few months, Uh not too worried about anything. (laughs) I was going to say, dude, you've been going to concerts. Yeah. You know, Michelle and I have been to casinos and flown across the, the U S and stayed in places and, and are in mask, no mask, whatever. Uh, We went to, what was it Laughlin in July? And I would say it was about a week after we got home that Nevada, five of their counties went back into mask mandate and they're still in mask mandate. Oh, wow. So, you know, and, and and the numbers, you know, the numbers are what the numbers are. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's numbers, a number, uh, (laughs) right? I mean, okay. So, how you know people are like oh my god did you see how many people tested positive and i know we probably shouldn't be talking about this but right <laughs> you see how many people tested positive yeah did you see how many were in the hospital wait a minute what mm-hmm. do do those numbers yeah. tell you anywhere how many hospitalizations there were right how no, many people no how many people successfully recovered well, about 98% of them yeah yeah how many of them had comorbidities when they went in Mm-hmm. Had a coof right. that attacked their weakened immune systems already. Uh, right. Well, you know it, it's it's common sense, and a lot of people are not as but dumb. That's as and that's they it. want us to be <laughs> exactly, and that's what 
that is one of the things a that I would say a tribalist mentality attacks is common. Of course, sense. because now you can create so, the others, right? Exactly. Now you got, you know, you used to have birthers and now you had uh what what was the uh the deplorables or despicables or whatever for uh Trump supporters and then you had uh uh the the libtards and then you have uh you know you you have this constant othering you know and yes it, yes it's like hey i got neighbors you know and you think i care they're my neighbors I got to live with people. You think I really care about their political standing no. or what they believe about things? No, they're my neighbors. You now, know, as long as that, they're not crazy, then I don't. It, it, yeah, that stuff, it drives me nuts because it's just, it's all two sides of the same coin. And they, they like to your point with the media, they, you know, they know, they know better. One thing they do know better than anybody, what sells. And Absolutely. They're, and they're nothing it, but marketing. Exactly. And it's sex and di- di- uh, division, division. There we go. Yeah. Thank you. Sex yeah. and division sell better than anything. Right. The, the, it's the it's the two biggest things that will play to uh, humans emotions. And once yes. you can engage the emotion, factor, yes. you can control a population and the common sense goes out the window. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing where people on Facebook or whatever read a a nice headline of something that's manipulated, you know, one way or the other in their newsfeed to piss them off. And yes. without reading the article, they've already made a determination of what that story is because it's pareidolia of the emotional mindset, because now it's, it's the algorithm has created the, right. The, but here's- the headline that will piss you off and make yes. you think what that article actually is. But here's the thing about the algorithm is that it's not that smart. And what no. I mean by that is like I started I a couple of years ago now, actually, I started noticing myself like, I, uh, you know, I, that would happen to me. I'd be going through Facebook. I'd see something that would piss me off and I'd put the angry face and keep going or whatever, you know, and I and it, Facebook would continue to show me shit like that. Yep. So a couple of years ago. I stopped that and I only uh, interact with things that I like. So I'm only liking and hearting things and smiley faces. Now that's all I get. My whole feed is nothing but heavy metal bands and and ghostbusters and whatever else. Like I don't, I don't get any of that stuff anymore because the algorithm realized that it can't get me to click on that. And that's what it wants you to do. Wants to give you stuff to click on. Yeah. Well, you know, people and rightfully so, you know, people were all in arms about, you know, racial profiling and stuff done by police and things like that. And, you know, I, hey, more power to you. If you can prove that, absolutely, that shouldn't be done just because, you know, you think yeah. somebody's of a certain race, they're already guilty of something. Right. But why isn't everybody freaking out about digital profiling? They should be. They should be. They They absolutely should be arguably the most valuable commodity on earth right now is our data. And we give it away for free. Yep. And our locations and 
what we like, what we dislike. And then those microphones are on your phones all the time and they're listening and they're looking for keywords. The next thing you know, you go into your newsfeed and you'll see an advertisement for another concert coming to town. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, was it, I, I think it might've been on your podcast that somebody that somebody pointed out how like you can't even take the batteries out of our phones anymore. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, when that, I forget who it was that said that, but I think that did, was big will from a uh, band of bearded brothers. Yes. Yes. I think yeah. you're right. And that just set a fire off in my head. I was like, I didn't even think about that. Like, well, it's, it, it's to the conspiracy slash paranormal realm of, you know, mind control. Mm-hmm. You know, and manipulation. I mean, that's, you know, and and people have been studying the human mind for centuries and and they learned, they learned, you know, the Nazis were great with, you know, blaming everything on the Jews. Yep. There was their other, right? Six million people were wiped out. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, you could even look at people like Genghis Khan. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, he's a great example. Uh, Yeah. Anytime someone... Hell, even even, uh, you know, uh, warring Native American tribes. Absolutely. You know, they still found a way to call them the other ones. The other, you know, that's right. That's it's right. Insane. You know, it, 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 and that goes back to that whole tribalism thing. Yeah, it, it's kind of it, it. You know, it's it's a flaw of humans, unfortunately. And, yeah. and but, you know. How do I want to say this? They you dislike things based on what's around you, your environment, your worldview, your, your experience. So you discriminate, you could say, I don't like McDonald's, right? Well, you're discriminating. You don't like McDonald's Mm -hmm. and it's kind of an instinctual built-in thing that, you know, be wary of the stranger. We used to tell kids, you know, Hey, don't talk to strangers, right? Who's a stranger, anybody outside of your family, anybody outside of your block, anybody outside of your city, anybody outside of your state, anybody outside of your country, mm-hmm. anybody that's not on the team that you're on, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it, you know, these are just general human failings that we have, but they're instinctual protective measures that, yes that have been put in place by, uh, you know, evolution mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate and it's, it makes a great, uh, selling point for people, um, you know, to say, you know, every cop is a racist, right. Or whatever, whatever, whatever you want to say. Every, anytime anybody says every something yeah. is something that's always right. wrong. You're always wrong, <laughs> but, but then they'll generalize like that. Yes. But you can't generalize them like that and right. see that that's, that's where things get ugly. And that's why you have this division because mm-hmm. you're, you're going to tell me you're all inclusive. Really? Then why are you even telling me about my bad thoughts? Right. If right. you're inclusive, you shouldn't care. Right. And that's right. why, you know, big will and I were talking about, you know, it all, it really breaks down to breaks down to the individual, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what made this country. So, so impressive was that the individual had the power, not the state, not, you know, it was all individual rights. Right. And now we want, we seem like we want to get away from that. It's like group rights now are what are becoming a thing, depending on what group yeah. you belong to and what check marks you have in your box. 
Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, so the division just continues and continues and continues. So you know, one thing that you said, that, yeah, I don't have heard you say this a few times before on other episodes, and it does surprise me the more that I think about it is that whenever you will bring up to certain people uh, the, the whole UFO topic or this podcast or whatever, yep. uh, you'll get an eyebrow or you'll, you're one of those kind of people or whatever. Yeah. It's so weird to me. That's weird to me because, you know, take out the Tic Tac, the recent government admission and all that stuff. Uh, look at uh, shows on Netflix, on Hulu, on Hulu and Prime, especially, and on uh, Travel Channel. Travel Channel is basically a paranormal channel at this point. It's all yeah. ghost and UFO paranormal stuff. It's all it is. It seems like it's all that's on that channel now. Ever since you know Ghost Adventures started on there back in two thousand like five, and it's interesting to me that they obviously know that this like people are consuming this stuff. People are. I feel like more ready to believe in this kind of stuff than really ever before, possibly. And yet you're still getting those sort of reactions. That's so, cause like all, all uh, it's very, it's been a long time, I guess, since I've gotten a reaction like that from someone And yeah, the last, anytime I have someone new on the show, the last question I always ask them is, have you ever experienced anything you describe as paranormal? Right. And either it's, Oh no, not really. Or someone cannot wait to tell me something that happened, you know, it's, they're always excited about it. So it's, that's strange. That's, it's a kind of a bummer that you guys are having those, those reactions from time to time, because uh, it, it does seem to be something that is, it seems like all the, uh, uh, you know, the crap, the, the, the game that they played that cover everything up and, yeah. and misinform everybody. It seems like a lot of that stuff might be starting to wear off on people a little bit. Well, I think it's 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 probably a, a very much a generational thing, and it probably has to do with uh, uh, like your career, you know, That's where you are in your career and and, and things like that, where people will be like as you're saying now about the Travel Channel. I haven't watched any of the Travel Channel in years, and I I didn't. You're telling me all these shows now are are all basically like UFO. And well, that's what the kids, you know, of this generation are growing up and able to see all the time. When I was growing up, we had in search of. Yeah. Love in search of trees. One of my favorites. And then we had the crackpots on the AM radio stations at, you know, one o'clock in the morning from coast to coast AM or whatever shows and the crazy conspiracy theories and theorists out there that we're talking about reptilians and mm-hmm. you know, who really runs the world and this, that, and the other, and they're still going strong, but oh, yeah. those were all my generation growing up, listening to this. A lot of people, uh, you know, knew that these people were crackpots and then blew them off because of right. what was sold to them about yeah. what these people were saying, that there might be a little bit of credibility to something that they're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's that nuance. You got to be able to pick out, you know, you might not, ag- you don't have to agree with everything. Somebody no. says to agree with a couple things that they might say or to yeah. make you think, I mean, one of our, one of our mutual favorite, uh, I don't know, I guess you could say podcast guests uh, in recent years is of course, Graham Hancock. Yeah. And you know, 
he did at one point in time release a book suggesting that the world was going to end in 2012. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that, yeah. that's okay. Like that's, I don't fault him. You know, I don't, I, I st- just because I didn't necessarily agree with that thing doesn't mean the stuff that he's doing over here is. That, that's right. And know? he still gets painted as a, as a, you know, a crackpot. Mm-hmm. But if you read his America before, mm-hmm. um, you know, magician of the gods and things like that. He's taken a very journalistic approach because Mm -hmm. nobody else is doing it. Everybody is just signed off on ancient technology and stuff. It just signed away to just giving it to the, the academics. Yeah. Yeah, Let the archeologists deal with it. Why do why do I care about what these giant skulls are doing on Easter Island? Right. Yeah. You know, Yeah, it's okay to accept that the few thousand humans that were alive after the last ice age in North America wiped out 180 (laughs) species of megafauna that probably hunted them down like nothing. But we wiped out not 180 animals, right? 180 species of animals of megafauna, anything over about 100 pounds. We killed everything with spears, all of spears. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i it seems a little ridiculous right we, but we we wiped them out from north america down to south america you know it, because you know native americans and it, way back then had no respect for hunting hunting and gathering and and knowing their right. prey and you yeah. know come on yeah come on but people accept it you mm. know and that's and that's well that's kind of that this might be this might, uh, yeah, I, for me with that kind of stuff, it's very easy for me to not accept that because I learned that in school and in, <laughs> since I I've left high school there, I've found out many, many things specifically, specifically from history class, but also a, a few things here and there from science classes, uh, were bold faced lies that, you know, sure. teachers stood up and told us, and it, it was absolutely factually incorrect in every way. And so, this idea that we 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 don't have a uh, uh, full grasp on human history, it's, it's, it, it seems obvious to me in a lot of ways. It's, it's like, of course we don't, y'all. When I was in second grade, you told me that, uh, you know, Christopher Columbus, and he was a great guy. Paul Revere, <laughs> you know, and he never stepped you know, foot in North America, <laughs> and he was a monster. Yeah. And and like all, the, uh, you know, yeah, they all they were. all were humans are nasty. Yeah, <laughs> you know you they they conquered lands. It's how humans survived. I mean, yeah, you know. Okay, so what are you going to blame all current humans now with the last name Columbus? Right. <laughs> what What are you going to do about that? You, there's nothing you can do. It happened in the past, but no, yeah. it, it's it's what humans did and still mm-hmm. kind of do. We're, we're actually yeah. taking that kind of warfare and we're going to the digital age with it. Yeah. With, you know, the social media and stuff. But no, you're 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 right. It's uh, uh, the this less. There's a lot of stories they told us that yeah. we find out later aren't true. And so that makes you go, well, what else? Like, did Ben Franklin really have a lightning strike, a kite that he was holding? Like, really? Exactly. You know, I don't, I don't, it doesn't seem legit, but maybe, I don't know. 
one uh i did have a i did have like an earth i can't remember the name of the class this was by the time i was at msu and it was a class actually talking about uh a lot of things that graham hancock talks about like the uh in that we talked about earlier how there was the ice sheet over michigan and Mm -hmm. it's the way like that kind of science uh class and i really appreciated that teacher that professor because he would literally go up there and be like this is kind of what we think yep. happened, but we're not really sure. See, that's the difference between the hard sciences and the 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 liberal arts kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is where I get on my high horse and go, yay, science teachers. Yeah. Yay, science. Because we have that built-in thing that science can change, right? right. The science behind something can change because our technology gets better or whatever yes. the case may be. But the the liberal arts, you know, man, they just parrot. They just parrot what they've been told to say. Mm-hmm. And that's what's getting a lot of parents pissed off in schools lately is, you know, are the teachers just saying the same stuff out of books that they've been told to say? Right. You know, and in the sciences, we're we're fortunate in that here, do this experiment and tell us what happened. And let's see if it agrees with this person. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we're, we're fortunate in that, in that regard that, you know, we, we, we've got the, the fine print that says, Hey, this is what we think about plate tectonics, right? Or this is how we think the last ice age ended. But there are these theories out there, like, you know, uh, yeah. a, a broken up comet smashed into the ice sheet and melted it extremely quickly, wiping out every large mammal, mm-hmm. you know, above a hundred pounds mm-hmm. and maybe some pretty advanced human civilizations that were living on the coast of every continent that were flooded and yep. now 400 feet underwater. Yep. And by the way, we're, we are a, a species with massive amnesia. Amnesia. Yes. Yeah. As my favorite line from Grand Hancock, you know, mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, yeah. there, there's, there's such a plethora of things that you can go down with this stuff. It's, it's fun. I think it's fun though, because to me, like, uh, not knowing, I prefer, living in a world an undiscovered world like i i'd much rather live in a world where it, that is still filled with maybe monsters and mysteries as opposed to no we've got it all figured out see that's the one thing and i think i said this in in one of my uh recent interviews me and michelle we, we did uh i want to say when we had christina gomez on i said or it was, was either or or maybe oh yeah she's awesome um, or it might have been Richard Serrett. Anybody that comes to me and tells me that they have the definitive answer on pretty much anything sets off my red flags. Yeah. The only people that do because that are cult leaders. The, yeah. Because then you are so <laughs> close minded that you're not open to changes that might happen. Right. It might be outside of your control. And, right. and, and that's kind of where I was going earlier was like people that say these things talk as like the authority piece that they've got all the answers just listen to them mm-hmm. well no no <laughs> it, no i'm not gonna listen to you i will i will hear what you say i will think about it but 
I'm open. Uh, but uh, all right. Just because you're telling me it's the answer doesn't. That's my problem. That's why. That's where I really run into religion. Yeah. Because to me, to believe in a religion means you at least you you you've stopped looking. At that point, you've got your answers for you. So now you and that's the way things are for you. So you've stopped looking. That's why. I yeah I, I I'm like I can't stop I have to I I don't feel like we have the answers yet like we have to keep going so well I th- I think that that one thing that the techno the the technological or the digital revolution that's been happening lately is that it breaks that mold of just believe everything I say it's all good you'll be fine stay in your little bubble just just listen you know and do what I say now all of a sudden you have all these different options that are coming open to you. Right. Stan. Hey, if I wanted to see what's going on in Japan right now, I click a button. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to see what the weather is in China, mm-hmm. if I want to see what the latest report is in England or France, and I can have it translated. Yeah. So I have all these different options open to me. I don't need to listen to just one person. But no. again, humans like being comfortable. Right. And so if you find somebody you can agree with, you're going to, you know, you're going to listen to them and, you know, Hey, I I like this nice little comfortable house and, you know, why would I want to screw that up? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the problem. It's not a problem. It's a good thing, but because you got people telling you they have all the answers and it's all figured out. And what I think what we're finding in this paranormal UFO community realm thing is, that now with the digital revolution being kind of pointed toward the paranormal material and stuff that we in no way have any of this figured out. It's real. The government decided that they better acknowledge it somehow. So they did a nine page report that said (laughs) we figured out one out of 144 things. uh, And also we're not looking back that far. Right. And stay tuned. Right. Yeah. yeah. Stay tuned. And now every year, you you know, a report will go to Congress. Right. Yeah. Right. But it, it's too late. The cat's out of the bag and <laughs> and too many mm-hmm. people are starting to come forward who have credibility and uh, credentials and, mm-hmm. you know, normal people like Michelle and I. And so, you know, when we run into those generation, that generational gap of like, oh, yeah. Did you see little green men too? <laughs> Those people are afraid to have their worldview busted. Those are the ones that are comfortable in the matrix, right? Exactly. Exactly. Right? They, they like that comfort. You know, they, they want to be in that nice little warm, you know, battery pack and just, just do what you're told and, and everything will be fine. Well, when something comes along and, and causes a bunch of chaos in your in your life, like, I don't know, driving at 2.30 in the morning and you see a triangle floating in the sky with three lights in it that's the size of a damn Walmart hovering yeah. above the road and then turns, it rotates, it's not moving, it rotates as you get on the expressway, then starts matching your speed as you go <laughs> south on the expressway and then yeah. disappears. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. World <laughs> worldview blown. Shattering window. <laughs> right. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, and, and here we are living the fast life back then of playing bingo. 
we, <laughs> and we weren't even that old, man. Now, it's like, you know, but it it was, you know, something fun that we did on, on Friday nights, you know, just go and hang out and play to play stupid bingo to, you know, two o'clock in the morning, maybe win a little bit of money and, you know, <laughs> lo and behold, we won something else. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, yeah. Brought home, you brought home the big ticket item that night. Yeah. That's God. Not, not something I was expecting. No. So, and what that's what I you, mean. So what do you think it would be like? And how do you feel like coming from somebody who's never seen anything like that for themselves? What do you think it would be like if you ever saw it again? Well, definitely the, the phone would be ready. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you'd be more ready to take a picture or something like that. Yeah. And, and I'm going to say just, you know, for the record, why we didn't get any photos or anything. That was the furthest thing from our minds. Uh, well, number one, I was driving. So yeah, you can't touch the phone right. while you're driving. I yeah. never do. And I was and, driving at a very high rate of speed once I saw what we saw. <laughs> and when you first, I don't, how approximately how long was your experience? Maybe a couple minutes, maybe. Okay, exactly. Right. You're gonna Until spend we lost sight of it. And you're gonna it spend most of that time trying to figure out what it is. Trying to figure out what the hell am I even looking at yeah. right now? The last thing on my, my mind. The last thing on my mind was Michelle, get a picture of that, yeah. you know, film that. And it, it wouldn't have turned out anyways. I'm I'm sure well, you should you know with, with as dark as it was with the weird lighting and things and cameras on cell phones. They're great for selfies and pictures and good lighting and everything else. But those those lenses are garbage for filming anything yes. lit up in the sky or, or you know, they, yes. they're not designed for that. But new ones are quite nice. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't have one, but my Aaron and, and Preston, my cousin Preston have shown me theirs. And I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> really nice. Yeah. And but of course, no, if, if I saw something like that again, now it'd be a different story. Yeah. You know, it would be OK. I'm going to actually stop and I'm yep. going to try to get some kind of photos and I'm going to observe, record. Yes everything that i can because i'm not going to be in that fight or flight mode right i'm i'm now into that inquisitive mode of right all right what are you what can i really see how close can i get to this thing instead of let's get the hell out of here right now right. now guy in in uh, um, a couple other people that we talked to you know said that they actually had a communication right when they saw their triangle south of flint where they were like, uh, you don't belong here. Right now. Was that something that was going on in my head? Was I receiving that as well? And that's why I wanted to get out. And by, and by communication, really, it, it, it was a feeling that they yes, had. It. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't remember them saying I heard the words in my head. It was just this feeling that they were overcome with. You got instantly hit with fight or flight. So it kind yeah. of seems like the same thing to me. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, during that, uh, uh, during that two minutes, uh, Michelle has her now famous line. When did we, when did the, our military get something like that? You guys should definitely put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, have a triangle floating there and have it, you know, when yeah. did the military have that. Yeah, That'd be a great t-shirt. Right. <laughs> it, yeah. So you're literally, it's an example of you, you're seeing something that, shouldn't be there it makes no sense logically and you're just trying to figure out what it is and you have less than two minutes while you're driving at a high rate of speed to do it 
Like, of, right. of course, you're not going to grab your phone. <laughs> like, no, no. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have even been able to find my phone wherever yeah. it was in the vehicle at the time to, right. to use it. And, oh, and mine was in my purse. Right. And my purse is on the floor of the Jeep. So and so, she oh, was we're driving the Jeep tonight, that night. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she was doing the observing. You know, right. she was on the passenger side. Right. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely like uh, absolutely. Uh, what, what, your, your encounter is absolutely fascinating. The, the whole your guys whole story, honestly, uh, you know, starting the Facebook page and really not even being into any of this. And then that's all the things. It. Exactly. And all the things that you've discovered, like you said, at the top of this one, you're like I didn't even know half this stuff was out there. Like, uh-uh. I, like had you heard of Graham Hancock before this? Had you heard of? The missing 411, you know, all that stuff that's I've heard. I well, uh, as for Graham uh, Hancock, I've I heard mentions of this book that he wrote, which was the the magicians of the gods. Yeah, of the gods. Right. right? Or or fingerprints. Which one was the first one? I think fingerprints was the first. Okay. Yeah. So I heard mention of that book and I knew of this ancient aliens show on the history channel which you know that's a big from a yeah from a pop culture Mm -hmm. standpoint i knew of some things i mean you just kind of pick up things by osmosis i guess and Mm -hmm. and you know it just kind of seeps into your brain and and the zeitgeist yeah exactly right you you see a commercial for something it puts a little bug in your brain and you know it fires off you know three months later oh yeah i knew you know but you know, it was nothing like uh, that I was following every word right. of Stanton Friedman. I didn't even know who that was until recently, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, Stephen Greer, yep. uh, you know, and then digging into Graham Hancock and then Randall Carlson. Great. Uh, right. Um, and then Richard Dolan and mm-hmm. holy smokes like all of this stuff that's out there it's like oh oh man no so it was like you know i didn't know of any protocol or whatever you're supposed to do in a situation like that it was it was uh uh-uh no we're we're gone see ya as fast as i can get this thing going yeah and uh yeah. So, well, let me ask you that same question back to you now. Now, this will be interesting because of my pre my lack of pre-programming and following the show, the television shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, you haven't seen one of these things yet. Mm-hmm. What do you think your reaction kind of coming up in this? You're a younger guy. You're kind of the target audience of like a Christina Gomez and in yeah. her bridging the gap of taking the old fogies information and, and taking it downstream to the new kids, you know, what would you do? How would you um, handle a situation like that? Um, it, oh, a lot of it would definitely depend on the location of the occurrence now, because I am someone who has actively gone into the woods looking for dogmen. Uh, I have on more than one occasion paid money to get locked in supposed haunted locations overnight. I've done uh, the Stimson hospital in Eaton Rapids, the, the USS um, Edson 
We got locked on a boat out there in Bay City, an old Vietnam destroyer. Uh, uh, we did the Randolph Asylum in, in, in Indiana. Uh, we've, done, we've done a handful of these locations where we actually actively go. Fort Wayne in Detroit is probably the most active place I've ever been. Uh, the Dundee Mill down there in Dundee, Michigan. Okay. Uh, uh, all these places I've been like locked in overnight. Um, so I actively look for this stuff. Uh, I have, um, I have amassed a, a, a small collection of evidence and experiences, but I have yet to find the thing to, to have the experience that makes me go, Oh my God, I'm seeing it. Like I'm actually seeing it for the first time. If it were to be something like that, if it were a situation like yours, where I'm moving at a high rate of speed on a freeway, again, yeah, it would kind of, if I, if I were moving at a high rate of speed on, free, uh, uh, on I-69 in between Lansing and Flint, which is a trip I have done well over a thousand times. I know that road like the back of my hand. I could do it blindfolded probably. If I saw it out there in the middle of the night, I would have zero issue probably pulling over to the side of the road and just stopping to take a look at it if I felt like that's what I needed to do because it's stopping on the side of the freeway at, at night. That's dangerous. Uh, but if there was no really other cars around and it was moving to the point where I'm like, if I want to keep seeing it, I have to stop. I feel like I would pull over and observe it. Uh, if I were like on a back country road and again, by myself, um, <laughs> that might be a different story. That's that the making a of a story. movie right there. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the Betty and Barney Hill case. I yeah. Mean, that's uh that's kind of a different story. I definitely think I would be, scared i definitely think the adrenaline the hairs on everything would be on end and the adrenaline would be pumping but uh i i I, it's something you would probably you well you have a level of desensitized yeah right you you, you've been desensitized to to that aspect of it. it at least if you you've seen some if you saw something like that you your reaction would probably be different, like you said, based on your location. Yes, right. yes, and uh, it's what I would what I would uh, yeah, what I would say is I would I would assume that I would be like, um, I'm finally seeing something. Uh, we got one, we got one, you know, from Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, that would be it. Would be, but because it, it's this is stuff that I paranormal things are things that I actively go out and. Have, our experiences i try to have uh i've you know how do you go looking for ufos so i've never like really done that i've definitely seen things in the sky where i didn't know what they were um but there was no it was just a light you know it wasn't a, a shape or, or anything sizable right. there was this one thing you know what there's uh twice i saw this thing and i think i actually figured out what it is but in the middle of the city in east lansing michigan across the sky there was just a line of red lights like little red lights and for the longest time i thought they might have been like uh those like chinese candle things that you let go Oh, the chinese lanterns yeah but they were way too in a perfect line they weren't deviating at all and then years later i saw what a uh like uh uh how it looks when spacex launches satellites and it looked the exact same so i think i was seeing Skylink. I think I was just seeing yeah. Skylink launches. But at the time I was like, 
what the hell is that? And one of the times I was in literally downtown East Lansing outside of a bar having a cigarette at the time. And I'm standing there around a bunch of people. And I'm like, is nobody else seeing this? Like, what, what is that? Nobody could tell me what it was at the time. I think I saw it a flip phone. If it gives you an idea of how long ago that was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, so there've been a couple of times. I want to think that I would be inquisitive. I want to think that my years and years of watching and rewatching every countless documentaries and X-Files episodes and coast to coast <laughs> AM episodes and just growing up with this stuff. Uh, I would like to think that I wouldn't uh, uh, immediately just be like run unless it caused some, unless that feeling kicks in inside of you, there's nothing you can do about it. And it might be being caused by whatever sort of energy that thing is putting out. Right. You know, who knows how it's even being propelled? What do its engines use for that? And who knows what kind of effect those kind of waves could have on a human body, you know? It could just be down to their, the literal uh, mechanics of the ship put out a certain sort of EMF frequency that makes us do that. And it's kind of like with ghosts when you have an EMF detector and it starts going nuts and it shouldn't be. Uh, you, you start to feel something. There's electricity in the air. There's something going on. And that's something I'd like to ask you about, actually. As we, like you alluded to earlier with new technology now being fo- more pointed at the paranormal stuff now more than ever there's a plethora of of ghost hunting equipment the problem with ghosts is it's for people like us that like to look at things scientifically you can't test it it's so hard to like get real evidence but now we have a whole lot of equipment that is pretty unique and when so how do you feel if if someone were to present to you a piece of footage where let's say I go to a place and I get some footage and at the same time, I have an EMF detector going off. I have a motion sensor going off all pointed in the same general area. There's nothing there. And at the same time as all that, we get like a voice, a a disembodied voice come through on a camera or a voice recorder. How does someone like you approach something like that? So the evidence would definitely be compelling from all those sources at the same time at once. Yeah. I I would definitely be very interested in that. And from a scientific standpoint, I would want to replicate that exactly how you did it. So the EMF detector, even using uh, the same one plus a different one, you, you got to rule out the variables, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. That's the problem, though, with the whole paranormal issue is that you could set stuff up in that same exact place and nothing would happen there again. It would happen three feet behind where you have all your stuff set up and you would have eyewitnesses there, but then nothing would be caught on your equipment, which makes it not scientifically measurable in that regard. It's like, you know, we, we speaking of that, you know, we, uh, when I found that Midland, uh, haunted Saginaw. Yeah. Yes. I love them. I have, I've actually seen them live. Uh, I went to one of their, um, um, uh, uh premiere nights. Yeah. Well, the movies. I, 
we watched uh two of the two of his movies the one about hell house yep and then the one about the dead t- or city of the dead oh oh okay yeah and i've been watching the one about the the saginaw house uh bray book brook yep. or something like that yeah he's got like oh, 10 i've seen them all. yeah 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 very They're great very cool stuff yeah and, and it's like okay the the creaking footsteps and things like that cool can we get that to happen again right can we we have different equipment there can we have different observers there and get the same thing and that's what i liked about the the hell house one uh because you had all the police officers reporting right they were reporting the same things and it, it was happening uh, they had a binder full of police reports. It is the mo. It is, it is the number one haunted location on earth. With it has more police reports on it than any yeah, other. Yeah, it's all been documented by different yep. people. Now yep. they didn't have the EMF detectors and disembodied voice recorders and you know voice recorders and things right. like that. It's too bad, but mm-hmm. you know. So from a scientific standpoint, that's where you run yeah. into problems. Yeah, you know, and. My feeling on it is, you know, it's possible you have some great evidence and we need to corroborate, you know, we need a corroboration of evidence. We need multiple people at times that the the whole prediction thing is is really, you know, the problem that ghost has got to appear here at the same time that you recorded it tomorrow. Right. Or whatever you know and they just don't function that way right so you know it, it's so hard to say i mean it, it it really is because there's things in science like uh you know measuring uh neutrinos and things coming from outer space and gravitational waves they don't happen all the time Mm-mm. but you can measure them mm-hmm. and, and you can reliably measure them and and that's the thing with with paranormal can can we do that well we can collect evidence and can, can we put empirical data on it and and that's that's kind of and then you start getting into like the whole you know debate versus science and religion thing it, it it's the same kind of an idea that's, that's kind of where i was like it's like at the end of the day whether i say i believe in ghosts or not I still don't know what they are. Exactly. Like, are they, are they a de- the spirit of a dead human? Okay. Well, that means that humans have souls. Can we, right. pro- we can't prove that. And then uh, why are they trapped here then? Yeah. Why don't they have somewhere else to go? Or is it, or is it, uh, is it a situation where now, you know, we, we, we don't understand whether or not humans have souls or not. And I would also argue something we do not have a very good grasp on is what time is and how it actually works. And are, are these just like slippages in time? Like, are we just like once in a while, is there just a, does something from the past show up or are we seeing stuff from the future? What if a ghost is like someone that's going to be there in 10 years or something, you know, I, it could, it, yeah, I don't know. Well, now you're starting to get into, well, you're starting to get into the realm of what is consciousness. If you start talking about a soul, 
why doesn't why isn't everybody exactly the same i mean are we just the the combination of different you know genetic material and hormones that make our personalities or what is this consciousness thing and that's right that's been you know the the ayahuasca trips and and people, you know, doing altered states of consciousness to try to find answers as to what that consciousness that they're altering even is. So that, that that stuff fascinates me. There should not be a, as far as I understand, there should not be a substance that makes everyone hallucinate the exact the same, same thing. Oh yeah. That's, that makes That's so no interesting that sense. Harvard has has been doing studies in that. I think That's it's good. Harvard and Yale are, are are doing experiments in that I'm, to see what's going on. I'm really happy that they've started doing things with uh with psilocybin mushrooms. I don't know if you ever yeah. saw. There's a great documentary on Netflix. It's not very long at all. It's called Fantastic Fungi. You would love it, especially as a science teacher. Because it, an earth science teacher, too, because he breaks down the mycelium network and mm-hmm. it's as we all we always grew up like, uh, um, uh, you know, like trees can talk to each other and stuff like that. This movie actually does the legwork and shows you scientifically how every plant on earth is physically connected and, and does communicate it, it, every living organism on earth. And it's a beautiful and fascinating documentary. I highly recommend that one. It's done by a guy named Paul Stamets, who's been on Joe Rogan a number of times, but he's also uh, his research up until recently, uh, back when he started doing it, his research research was the first research on psilocybin mushrooms and things like that, that was actually sanctioned uh, by the United States government and the DEA. Mm. So he was like the first one of the first guys that's allowed to do this stuff and discover this stuff and the way he the way he frames it in the film is absolute like you go i first time i saw it i just my jaw was on the floor i was like oh my god it it is it's the earth is a like a living thing and, and it has a a brain it has a brain the mycelium network looks like neurons in our brains you know it's it's really it's really fascinating <laughs> Well, you know, okay, so you got consciousness, right? And and that's related to the soul and, and you know, mm-hmm. that being self-aware, you know, kind of a thing that, yeah. that you are alive in, in some way as an individual. Mm-hmm. Like you can take a cat or a dog and stick them in front of a mirror and, and they'll act like they've, they're seeing a, a new animal. Right. So they're not really self-conscious yet. They, they, they're conscious enough, you know, at a different level. But then, you know, you brought up time and I always found time to be a very interesting thing because the universe doesn't care about time. It doesn't function in time. We do. And the only thing that we use time for is so that we know our place in the universe. It's just a measurement. It's it's just a measurement of where you're at in this huge vastness of the universe. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's so, you know. I don't think there's like slips in time and things like that, but I think there are are things that are happening in the universe that make us perceive that there's that kind of stuff that could happen. And so, you know, time, time is interesting because, you know, it's, it's not space and time, it's space time. 
Yes. Right. So, yes. you, you know, it, you, boy, you, you talk about quantum physics and things and you start going down those rabbit holes mm-hmm. and you end up with a big rabbit hole right in the middle of your brain trying to wrap your head yeah. around it's- all of it. But, you know, time doesn't matter. You know, like we say, the universe is 15 billion years old, 15 and some change billion years old based on experiments and observations and many people doing these things. Okay, fine. Explain to me what 15 billion years is. Yeah. Yeah. Can you? I mean, we we live in a little microchasm of time, you know, 70 to 100 years, something like that, you know, Oh yeah. Even thinking back a thousand years ago, can, how do we relate to that? It's a number. We, you can't, you can't wrap your mind around it. That's why, you know, we can't even think about like how, how did our grandparents live with no electricity and no phones and no running water. And they had to go to a well and they had an outhouse. They didn't, you know, what did they do all day? Right. You know, (laughs) how did we survive? It's like, my God, we can't even, we can't even deal with the measurement we've created. Right. (laughs) Right. We've created time so that we could know our place in in the universe, but we can't deal with it in our own heads. So that, that vastness. So, you know, those, those are concepts, you know, the soul consciousness and, and all that. And, and then I think that's where you get into your, your mushrooms and your psilocybin and ayahuasca and, and the, the altering your, your consciousness. So you can slip, I guess you could slip out of that realm of time. The thing that you're locked in. Yeah. 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 Door. Yeah. So, you know, and there's some people that say that, you know, we have, and I kind of believe this, we have a lot of untapped potential. And we're, we're kept in these square boxes we call houses and, and kept comfortable. And we deal with the glow of the, the screens and we get people telling us every day what, what to think and what's a, a good behavior and what we should eat and what we should do with our time and what video games to play and what shows to watch and what podcasts to listen to and, and all of this stuff. But what else could we possibly unlock with our, our, our brains, you know, with, with our, our creativity that is kind of being stifled and controlled by all this other distractions. Yes. So, so what untapped potential do we have? And I think a lot of ancient people knew this already. Yes. Right. So I, I think, I think that they were aware of this in this other realm and I, I, and I, you know, it's, it's hard to say, man, but I'm, I'm getting on board with this whole thing that you can, you can go to a different place because all these people are having these same experiences without knowing anything about, you know, a, a previous trip that somebody took on, on ayahuasca and they're drawing and describing the same entities or yes. whatever they are. The geomatic geometric patterns that they yeah which you know which is interesting because if you start digging into sacred geometry and numbers like that of how the universe functions you see those same patterns emerge it's always the 
the same patterns and usually it's you know the number nine that keeps appearing so and, which, which is funny because you were talking to me via email about some certain synchronicities and stuff that was going on dude we we have some very bizarre synchronicities uh especially when it comes to numbers uh very yeah very strange stuff but i love that i love it out Whenever I see a synchronicity like that, for whatever reason, the thought that goes through my head is, oh, I'm on the right track. Like this was supposed to happen kind of a thing. I don't know why I think that way, but it just always pops in there whenever I see stuff like that. But, you know, yeah, it's yeah, I, uh, you know, we got we got this whole thing of like with with consciousness of these people coming back remembering past lives like what the hell is that like to the point where a child will lead police to a body and say i was killed this is my body this is the guy that (laughs) murdered me the police go to the guy's house and he confesses how how do you i i just don't know how to like reconcile any of that you know what i mean it's so mysteries we still have so many mysteries to uncover. And it's, I, I think it, that's why I love this stuff. That's why, and that's why all my, my flags go up when people tell me they have all these answers. Yes. yes. How, how, exactly. how can you be so arrogant and self-centered to tell me, you know, everything and what the best decisions are for people and me and whatever, and how I should think or what I should worship or whatever how dare you come to me and say that when you can't explain to me, why does a plant follow the sun yeah. as the sun travels? Right. Well, I, is is that conscious or not? It's right. a living thing. Well, watch it, fantastic fungi. You might think it, it's a right. form of consciousness. <laughs> right. Well, it, I mean, it, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, um, uh, yeah, it, they don't have, yeah, they definitely, it's like Carl Sagan, you know, uh, the hubris of man, the, uh, uh, that famous, one of my favorite speeches of all time is, is him saying the pale blue dot speech and, oh yeah, it, you know, the think of, think of the rivers of blood that were spilled so that they could become momentary masters of a speck of a dot. Yep. You know, in infinite nothingness, floating forever in infinite nothingness. Exactly. It's, how long have we been able, how long have telescopes, actually telescopes probably been around a long time, <laughs> uh, but, you know, say 500 to 1,000 years when like Galileo started doing his stuff or something, you know, roughly something like that. The, how, how do we even have enough data to know the Earth, it's 15 billion years old, the universe, like, we have so many conflicting things about the big bang and like we're seeing different things. And you know, it's the idea that we can just explain it. And, you know, we've had, we've had movies for less than, or for about a hundred years, hundred years, we've had film on big screen. Right. And yet we think we know everything. Like, you know, I just, yeah. Well, I do want to say just real quick, Michelle is, uh, bowed out she's got an early morning tomorrow and stuff so she said to tell you good night and she uh dropped off the call so that's if people are wondering where okay. where she disappeared to she's going to the cloud nine yeah in the in and gonna have some Ho- you know, dreams of uh aliens or something <laughs> Who <knows>? yeah <laughs> hopefully she doesn't get woken up at 3 33 again 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's me, man. I've been snapping oh, pictures okay. of my my phone when I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, oh, it's time to get up, three thirty three or three thirty. It's it's usually one of those almost. I want to say a couple nights a week. That's very bizarre. It's it's very 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 bizarre, very bizarre. But yeah, no, man, it's uh, it's it's there's so many great mysteries out there and that's one of the things i really like about podcasting and stuff is you can hear all these perspectives from people and Mm -hmm. and talk to amazing people with their own perspectives about things and uh then you find out some of the the synchronicities and things that have gone on with them and you and man we're we're all connected on that little blue speck man you know the pale blue dot yeah, if you if, and I think that was the point of Sagan's idea. Yeah. I didn't I don't think yeah. I heard his speech before, but I think that was the whole point, man. Look at yep. the look at the universe or what we can see of it. Look at it and there you are on that little that little thing. Ding. Yep. And, and we're all worried about you know, what what's the saying? Don't sweat the small stuff, it's all small stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you're not even a dot Nope. on this planet from outer space nope. i mean i mean honestly you're not you yeah know. one of the one of the things he says in that speech is uh they uh, um uh we are uh, at the moment we are alone in the universe uh there's nowhere else that we know of right now that we can settle travel yes but settle no right. uh, no one is coming to save us from ourselves right and that's right. another thing too that really throws up flags for me is when when people tell me about these things being saviors of they're worried about the planet and they're worried about us and stuff then why are they only appearing to you right show yeah. up man you'll be you'll yeah. be top notch on fox news and cnn and you'll get all the coverage and everybody will get to hear you saying hey you're destroying your planet stop mm-hmm. being dumbasses right right or whatever the case may be stop the nuclear weapon stuff you know yeah. you guys gotta get your acts together somehow stop treating each other like crap or whatever you know get i'm sure they're smart enough to understand our media and stuff that, that you know how we do things here if they're zipping around doing yeah. 90 degree turns and not dying and yeah. pulling you know 2700 g's or whatever number and being just fine i'm sure they know what our little primitive technology is you know and how it yeah. functions i mean they turn on and off our nuclear missile sites yeah and that was a huge thing and also in russia too that the russians came out and said that they were turning on the rockets they were getting ready to launch yep and then they that. got control back yep so that's kind of scary. So they were playing and they learned everything about our, our major weapon systems. The probably, you know, why did they do that? Probably because that's the most threatening possible weapon we would have against them. So they wanted to learn it. So they wanted to learn it and they learned it in 10 seconds. Yep. And, and ah. now the, the rest of everything else, who cares? We can't touch them. We can't touch them. Literally. You know, right. So they, they, you know, operate with impunity yeah we're just getting better at tracking them and spotting them yeah i hope yeah it's it's fascinating but it really is 
the 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 whole consciousness thing man it's it's fascinating which which brings me back to are these things just are our trapped minds starting to to open up and and create these things what if I it's mean, us from the future what if yeah exactly but what <laughs> is the what is the future if time isn't real right right <laughs> oh my god <laughs> What is the past is, if time isn't real? I mean, I'm so, I was so glad we got down these rabbit holes because this is stuff. <laughs> this is stuff I used to drive around for hours at yeah. night on back roads up here in Lansing with my buddy because we would take all the uh, at Lansing Community College. We took all the philosophy classes. You can oh take, yeah, sure. And we and we would just go. To, what is real? What can you prove to me is real right now, bro? Like <laughs> you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. And it's. I I love these conversations. Well, it goes back into like uh was it Schrodinger's cat, right? If you observe if if you don't observe something, does it exist? It's both it could be it's both dead and alive at the same time time. until you observe it. Until you observe it. And then by the act of observing something, you've changed the experiment. Yep. Yep. Which is interesting because they say the same thing about certain electrons and atoms and, yes. and things like that, that they appear and disappear and can be in two places at once. And and seem so to know they, when they're being observed. Yeah, exactly. And then react way. to being observed. It's it's very it's very interesting stuff. But yeah, man, that <laughs> that rabbit hole, if we've created time is just a measure of of one cycle of the sun, you right. know, rising, quote unquote rising in yeah, our sky right. and setting you know when really it's not doing that at all we're spinning around it and yeah. we're spinning around our own axis yeah so all we're doing is tracking yeah yeah that yep you know <laughs> that's so, all it is so then so then what is time travel it, it, it maybe if we got out of that mindset of thinking like that again that's you know following these this box this paradigm maybe these things don't follow that if Ooh. they don't if they're not confined by the thoughts of time then you know maybe that's why they can go so fast or do the things that they do because well what is time you know what is distance distance is is right in time and again it's time out of the equation and it's space time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if they're if they're able to take out the time part and figure out a way to manipulate space, mm-hmm. then there you That's go. That's warp drive, right? Isn't that right. warp drive where you warp space? Right. Yeah. You, you yeah, cut a a wormhole basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I love this stuff so much, man. I love this. But man, we we have been going for a while. I feel like I've kept you for too long. Yeah. I know it's like, we're, we're on each other's podcast right now, but yeah, I do yep. feel like I've kept you for way too long. So we should. Well, that's why up. this is a bonus episode. This is just right? the, grab bag. The in the insane ramblings of two <laughs> podcasters. Well, it was three until one had to tap out and I don't blame her. Yeah. <laughs> Our mornings start at, you know, four 30 in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, no, man, it's, uh, it's great. I mean, cause having these kind of conversations, I don't know if anybody will get anything out of this. <laughs> But so. other than going, man, these guys are nuts. <laughs> Get these two in the same room. See what happens. <laughs> Maybe that oh. radiation from that UFO really fried his brain. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe.
but yeah, man. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for your time tonight. This was an absolutely wonderful conversation. I'm really glad we got to do this during October. And uh, uh, next next time, yeah, next time I have anything at all or any any new topics or anything to talk to you about, I'll reach out and we'll do it again. Especially especially if I do any uh, uh, any more haunted locations before the end yeah. of the year and I actually experience anything, I, I'd, yeah, I'd be happy to send something like that. Yeah, that'd in, be so. cool. So, yeah. You know. yeah, and, ho- and hopefully I can get Aaron back on. And I know my yeah. roommate really wants to talk to you guys. He's a big fan. He's got, he does all the ghost stuff with me and he's got a lot of personal experiences of his own. He could share. Oh, that would be awesome. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, man, let's end this here. All right, everybody. It's Burton from lost in the dark podcast. And it's Wayne from the Michigan UFO settings and paranormal encounters podcast. So make sure you check them out and uh, we're going to say good night. You have been listening to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. You can reach us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at mi underscore UFO and join our Facebook group by searching for Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters. So until next time.